people are like, why do you do this? And I'm like, the people, the places, and the open spaces. You know, it's always been that simple for me. But finishing the Triple Crown, it wasn't getting simple anymore. There are like a lot of things that may seem limiting. But if you can get past the anxiety and the stress of that limiting stuff, you can do some pretty amazing stuff here in the world. And so you kind of like stop making excuses for yourself. It's like, I still want to see the people and the places in the open spaces, okay? I still want to do that. But there's this other part of me that's like, has found my life work. Basically, our job is to create a conservation corridor that roughly traces the contiguous United States, probably about 14,000 miles. And so this is a conservation corridor, not just for recreation, but for wildlife and the preservation of this land going forward. What's going on, guys? You're listening to episode number 26 of I Just Want to Be Hiker Trash. I'm your host, as always, Hell Yeah Jesus, and today we have yet again another wonderful conversation. The very inspiring and very humble Rue McKendrick pops on the podcast today. He's a professional backpacker with countless trails, thousands upon thousands of miles under his belt, but he's not just that. He's also the executive director of the American Perimeter Trail Conference. What's the the APT? What's that? Well, it's a trail that stretches nearly 14,000 miles around the circumference of the United States of America. It's not completely finished yet. Rue spent 600 days out there scouting out the trail, starting in Bend, Oregon, hiking south, then east, even through Texas. Don't let the naysayers tell you otherwise. Then north and west, and he was almost there, and he stopped several days short, but he's going to hop back on the trail to finish the whole thing up this summer. It's very inspiring, and it's very uh, fulfilling work that him and others are doing. And he talks about a lot of his adventures as well as many things he has learned along the way. Great episode. I'm eager for you guys to listen. Before we get started, if you want to take a chance to maybe rate the podcast, shoot it five stars. Give me six thumbs up. Some people have six thumbs. That's very cool. Also, you know, maybe your Aunt Shirley, she wants to get out hiking. She's wondering, is there a long-distance trail near me in Texas? Well, let me tell you, there's soon to be, Shirley. So let your Aunt Shirley listen to the episode. Give her some love. But the moment of truth. Let's get started. All righty. So I have Rue McKenrick with us on the podcast today. He's a professional backpacker and the executive director of the American Perimeter Trail Conference. How's it going, Rue? Hey, thank you so very much for having me here. Yeah, you're welcome. I hope I pronounced everything right. I think you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So for people who don't know, and we talked about this, uh, what was it? It's going to be two podcasts or maybe two or three episodes back, um, back when I was talking to Hollywood about the American Perimeter Trail. What is the APT? What's that all about? So the American Perimeter Trail, you know, we have specifically, we're an organization, so we're a nonprofit organization. So we have a specific mission and vision, but instead of boring you with that, I'll just tell you, like, basically, 
Our job is to create a conservation corridor that roughly traces the contiguous United States, probably about 14,000 miles. And so this is a conservation corridor, not just for recreation, but for wildlife and the preservation of this land going forward. So, I mean, that's really like what we're doing. We're technically a conservation organization. We're conservationists. That's what we're doing. But we use this recreation piece in order to forward our work. And it's not uncommon. I didn't come up with this idea. You know, the Appalachian Trail, um, same deal. They're, they're a conservation organization. They just happen to use recreation as a means to bringing land into a public sector and into preservation. Very cool. Actually, you, you probably don't know this, but I'm a wildlife biology background. And actually, the first episode this season, I talked about creating corridors and the importance of like uh, animals being able to essentially move freely because when you get people just this patch isolation, that's when you get uh, animals um, in dire need of being able to move. Otherwise, you potentially have extinction in the worst case scenario. You know, and this kind of came more really this the backpacking this past summer. Um, kind of brought more of that into my consciousness. Like I was always aware of that, but it wasn't as much of a mission with the conference. But after being uh, in Northern Montana and Idaho and Washington, the amount of diversity and wildlife there is incredible. And so there's this whole kind of idea about, um, they call it Yukon to Yellowstone which is basically like creating this whatever thousand, 2000 mile corridor so that it's a wildlife corridor as well. So, I mean, it's like, um, you really being in that area this past year, um, has encouraged me even more to be like, this is great. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, like we're doing this for human beings, but there's like, there's so much to the mission. And that's why I guess I kind of, just breezed over the vision and the mission because the APT is this kind of like organic living thing on its own. And I've been able to like birth it into the world and it's kind of taken on its own life. And so, um, and so for that, it's like, it means, it means so much to us that it's not just hiking. It's yeah. not just backpacking. Like it's a bigger kind of um, confluence of many things that satisfy me as a person because I'm a conservationist, but I'm also a backpacker. I'm also a musician. And like the APT just for some reason has been like a pretty good fit for me. And uh, and others are finding that as well. So uh, it's just been really, I mean, um, we talk about the APT community, you know, Layla, um, you know, she'll talk about the APT family um, because with this process, strangers all around the United States that I would have never met otherwise are like, I consider them like family. Now we talk on the phone and it's just members of the APT. Yeah, we've just had this common interest and we've found each other. Um, So, you know, uh, in a time 
that while I was while I've been out there backpacking, that we have such a dis- divisive society. It's been really cool to be part of something that isn't that. Mm-hmm. It's it's the alt, you know. It's like basically take society and like what's going on there. And then we were like, no, it's not how we're going to function in this world. So, I mean, people that are members of the APT come from all different political, religious, spiritual backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. There's no exclusiveness here. And like, if we want to focus on the difference, which what seems like what's going on in the world, everyone's like, just so interested in how they're different from each other. The APT has been like this thing where it's like, we have this in common. Like we have this one thing. And so we've been able to like come here and meet and do this and work on this without getting like, without being so interested in the separation piece. So. Yeah. You guys are like one large tramley, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had a tramley myself. (laughs) <laughs> but I, uh, I, uh, one time and it's uh it's an interesting experience i guess i take that back i guess i did hike uh i've hiked the john muir trail a couple of times mm-hmm. and the last time i hiked it i was with like a group of people but i didn't see them very often i would camp with them sometimes but i had to like go in and out of resupplying so i wasn't wasn't really like with them all the time yeah um and so, like, the thing with APT is I, uh, so I started in Oregon, and I started hiking south, and I went down through California. And while I was in California, I met a friend, uh, still a friend of mine. Uh, her and I camped and hiked together for a, for a short period of time, maybe a week or something. And then that was the entire you know, 11,000, whatever miles, two years I've been out there. That was it. That was it. I haven't camped with anyone else. Yeah. I had, there's been nobody. I mean, it's just been a really kind of, um, I, I've never really had an experience like that, like going months without seeing other hikers or backpackers. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Um, did you get a little bit lonely? I'm sure you, or were you just kind of like so immersed in the trail that it was, it was all right. You kind of just getting on by yourself. Very lonely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was, so I walked, you know, uh, down through California and I started heading East, uh, to the East coast. And, um, then when I got to the Appalachian trail, I wanted, it wasn't, I already have a lot of Appalachian trail miles. I'm a through hiker on the Appalachian trail, but I also have a lot of miles outside of that. So it wasn't really informative or interesting for the APT because it didn't make any sense as far as like the scouting piece of, of creating this trail. The Appalachian trail is already there. There's plenty of information on it. Like I didn't need to go hike it. But when I was approaching that area, I was like, I'm going to hike on the, I'm going to hop on the Appalachian trail for like a week or two or something just to be around people. Cause I've been by myself <laughs> for so long at that yeah. point in time. And then when I got there, the pandemic hit and the, the ATC, the Appalachian trail conservancy asked long distance hikers to stay off of it. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, 
that was like the one time where I thought, oh, I'm actually going to like be around people. Like this will be cool. This will be fun. And it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, geez. yeah. Yeah. I ended up making my own route up the Western side of the Appalachian. So I never stepped on the Appalachian trail. Oh, interesting. And so, yeah. well, I guess that's, that's going to be a question people have. And so when you're in California, were you utilizing the PCT or were you just making your own sort of, you know, trail? most, mostly the PCT, mostly I would yeah. say. Um, and like going forth, that's a conversation that we're having. I, I don't think we're going to see the APT is not like really interested in just like connecting stuff for the sake of connecting it. Yeah. You know, we want to create new, open up and create new areas sure, for recreation yeah. and backpacking and bring them into the preservation piece. So like, it's not that interesting to like use the PCT. So as I'm going through this process, like when I was hiking and also now as I'm mapping stuff out, I, I mean, we'll probably end up using some of the PCT, but I don't, it's not like, a goal of ours. I would, you know, I would prefer just the whole entire thing, not beyond already existing trails, just okay. new trails, new trails. Yeah. yeah. So even like the North country trail, would you, you wouldn't just like utilize that even if it's not like, cause that's not super traversed, but yeah, I'm a little bit more comfortable with that one. Yeah. Uh, simply because like, you know, when I hiked that again, there was no hikers or backpackers. It's not like a heavily used route at this point in time it might be in the future and so we may have to like draw the apt off of it at some point in the future but for right now i think that's probably okay but um but in areas where it's more traveled more populated and stuff i have tried as best as i can to stay off of those routes because it's like i said it's not what we're doing like those routes already exist they're already there. They've already come into a public sector or like um, are part of a trail organization or something. But the North Country Trail is kind of an exception. And yeah. you know, the thing is like um, having the experience on the North Country Trail is very different than hiking any of the Triple Crown or whatever. It's like a whole different thing. And I, you know, so I think we'll probably utilize most of that. Um, not all of it, but we'll probably utilize a lot of it because at this point in time, it's not against like the mission that we have, which is to try to bring into um, bring more lands into e- either the public sector or develop them for recreation. That's very cool. I thought it was funny. So I saw your it was Facebook or Instagram. Someone was like, "Good luck in doing Texas," and then you were. I got a solid comment back from. The APT saying you had already done Texas, which is I surprising. Get, <laughs> yeah, I get that all the time. I mean, yeah. people are just like, "Good luck with that, brother," <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "I already did it." <laughs> okay, you know, but we get that. Like, you know, it's it's been kind of confusing. We've tried to do the best we can with the messaging, and we're developing our website right now so yeah. that it's a little bit more explanatory and like people can see what's going on. But to most people, it's like confusing. So yeah, I get the Texas thing all the time. I get it. I mean, every week, someone's yeah. like, good luck with Texas. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, that happened two years ago, dude. 
Like, um, and the thing is like the challenge there with Texas is that it's, it's private land. Yeah. They don't have a lot of public land. So like our, there are some like spots along the APT that are like long stretches that are going to be big challenges for us. Um, it's going to take decades. That's fine. I mean, I didn't, Ben McKay created the Appalachian Trail. Did he ever see any of that in his lifetime? He saw some of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Clint C. Clark created the PCT. Did he see it in his lifetime? He saw some of it, you know, some semblance of it, but it changes every single year. Yeah. They're always redirecting, moving stuff, trying to like have a better process, erosion controls, uh, et cetera. So, um, so it's like, someone's like, oh, well, that'll take you forever to do Texas. It's like, well, I'm, I wasn't planning on checking out like anytime soon. Yeah. So like, I think I probably have a couple of decades here, but, but those are some of the challenges, the APT. And it's like really what turns me on. Like, I, I like these challenges. I don't look at them and go, you know, this is impossible. If I had any interest in naysayers, I would have never started this. So really like when, you know, I, I, I don't think like criticism is a bad thing or if people have like a different idea about how to go about things, but if they're naysaying, they're kind of talking to the wrong dude. I mean, like if I would have listened to anyone before I started this, who was like, man, that's going to take a long time. You don't have the money. You don't have the funds. You don't have, you know, if I listened to any of that, I would have never started. I would have stayed home. And uh, so going forth, I don't really like entertain that stuff very much because it's just, this is the way that it works. I mean, someone does something and then as soon as they do it, it's not that big of a deal. Like Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nobody could do that for the longest time. Nobody could do it. And then he did it. And then just right away, all of a sudden, everyone was doing it. And it wasn't because they physically got stronger or anything like that. It's because their mind changed that said, oh, this is possible. Because before that, it's impossible, impossible, impossible. So if you listen to, like, if you want to deal with the impossible part of life, then that's as far as you will get, Mm -hmm. you know, you won't get any further than that. So really, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of a neat idea that APT is making the impossible possible. I mean, Mm -hmm. combining all these lands and States and making things into one continuous trail is pretty neat. How did you come up with this idea? Like why, what gave you the urge to to do this? Um, Well, yeah. Uh, thank you for that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut in there. No, you're um, good. Uh, it, it, it wasn't really a process of me coming up with it. it. I remember exactly where I was. I was at a ski hill and it was, uh, 2000 and maybe eight or something. I don't know. It was over 10 years ago and it just hit me. I was already a triple crowner at that point in time. Yeah. But it just kind of hit me. And I was like, well, that's nonsense. So I just pushed it away as much as I could for the next 10 years. It's like, 
this is going to ruin your life, man. <laughs> this, this will ruin your life. Okay. You don't want to have anything to do with this. So I tried to talk myself out of it for 10 years. I did a pretty good job of being in denial. And um, then I just got to a point where I, I just couldn't deny it anymore. And the thing is like, it wasn't that interesting to me as far as like uh, hiking resume or like me just building like uh, some notoriety for myself. And I knew that already. Cause like when I was finishing the triple crown, I was feeling empty around my backpacking. My backpacking had kind of got to a spot where I was like, why? Like, why would you, you know, I'd spent so many years working six months here, seasonally traveling to here, traveling there. I'm traveling all the time. I don't have like, I don't have a base. I don't like, what am I doing? You know, and that was fine in my twenties. It, it was great. It was fun. But then at some point I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? You just, you know, I remember being in New Mexico and finishing the triple crown and just like out there in the desert, like, what are you doing out here? Why? Um, it's been fun. You know, I always say like, people are like, why do you do this? And I'm like the people, the places and the open spaces, you know, it's always been that simple for me, but finishing the triple crown, it wasn't getting simple anymore. And it was like, it, you know, if you want to continue in on this process, and especially with APT, it was like, what is going to be, um, what kind of work? Like, I've always just been drawn to like, I want to leave this world better than I found it. You know, I always like want to be engaged in something that's bigger than myself. And so like, you know, the APT, uh, sorry, you got some light here. The oh, APT yeah. checks a bunch of those boxes for me but if it was just like a matter of okay let's go do the longest hardest most ridiculous hike ever for the sake of just doing it i couldn't hang in there so i mean the apt was i created the project when i started hiking and then i created the conference um a short period of time after that the actual nonprofit. so for me like i I'm not a, like, I'm in the public all the time, but I'm not really a public person. Yeah. I, it, there's like more like easier ways. If you just wanted notoriety or something to do that, it, that doesn't turn me on. The conservation work is what like really gets me going. So, you know, as far as the backpacking, like it's been, it's been interesting, you know, and it's been amazing to be able to have that experience, but it's not, it's one of the main drivers. Like I still want to see the people in the places in the open spaces. Okay. I still want to do that. But there's this other part of me that's like, has found my life work. And, um, uh, and I feel so, it, you know, I have such generosity in my heart that there's other people who have now found their life work as well. Um, and uh, so that's kind of what drives me. And you'll know this, like, I mean, I was not on social media before yeah. I did this. Layla, <laughs> Layla came on, who's the VP, the vice president of the conference. And she was like, you need to start posting. 
And I was like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I, I was like, I already post enough. She's like, you post like once every two weeks. And I'm like, that's plenty. She was like, no, no. Like, if you want this thing to take off, you're going to have to be out there doing this. And I'm like, oh. I was like, just being, um, I, I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. I'm a private person. Mm-hmm. I don't like being public. I don't like people knowing about me. I don't, you know, doing this podcast with you now, it's like I get super motivated doing this work because of the conservation piece. But as far as like me, I rather just hide. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be, I don't want to be yeah. a known, I don't want to be a known person. And I've done the best I can to not be known. So you're going to know a bunch of other backpackers that are way more famous than me or whatever that aren't doing as much because that's more their gig. You know, I'm like excited to talk to people about the APT and the work that we're doing. But as far as like being the face of it, we struggle. (laughs) Like I never wanted to be the face of this thing and I don't have a choice at this point. So that's, kind of where we're at. And it's not a curse. Like, I mean, don't feel sorry for me, but like, I never really wanted to be um, kind of that closely connected with the APT. And so now they're like kind of synonymous and it's okay. But, you know, like um, me and the APT are kind of synonymous. And that was probably part of my work of like turning over to the nonprofit and bringing some other people and maybe just to get kind of the heat off my neck. Sure. (laughs) But I, you know, uh, but I still come on and I do these interviews and I talk with people and, um, you know, it's just like, um, it's just been such a blessing to have this life work, but it wasn't, like if we wanted, and when I say we, the conference, if we wanted to make me famous or whatever, we would have done it already. Mm-hmm. Okay. You um, certainly have the experience in, in the background. We, you know, we would have kind of started pushing those things and it's kind of yeah. difficult because I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I try to make these decisions. We have something like the Appalachian Trail where Bill Bryson wrote a book called A Walk in the Woods. And it didn't change a lot of things for that organization because they were already up and running. I mean, they're the big dog. Yeah. The Appalachian Trail Conservancy is the big dog. But the PCT, you know, I hiked the PCT before Wild, the book, um, was came out with Cheryl Strayed. And uh, then the, as a consequence of that, the movie uh, starring Reese Witherspoon, um, and they have something on the PCT that they call the wild effect because essentially their organization changed overnight. Yeah. I mean like that quick, like it changed. So I had hiked before that came out and, uh, and it was very different. I mean, it's very different being out there, um, as part of the APT. Um, it's just like the popularity of it. So their organization changed very quickly. So, there's like that piece where I have a lot of stories to tell and a lot of interesting things that have happened. And we like, you know, people want to hear about that stuff. Well, like I never wanted to be the wild effect. 
you sure. know, for the ABT, yeah. but it is kind of happening that way. And that's all right. I mean, if our heart is in the right place, but like, I don't like going to the grocery store and someone recognizing me, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like that. It's not fun for me. I don't, I don't like that sort of thing, but at the same time, it's just like, this is how it has come down the road. And we always knew this. And when I say we, I'm talking about the conference. We always knew that people were going to be more interested in me than they are in conservation because conservation to them is boring. You know? Yeah. They don't want to hear about that. They want to hear about like how I got shot at in Texas, (laughs) you know? And if we can like bring people in, like spark some interest and just, you know, me sharing my experience and that brings them into the place where they're like, okay, so what else is going on here? I mean, I'm pretty sure we have conservationists now, part of our organization that were not before, that they basically didn't, weren't going to take this path in their life. They just saw some dude backpacking. They heard a couple of funny stories or whatever. And they're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And now it's like, they're active. They're active. They're active conservationists. And it was just because someday they like saw some guy online or on Facebook and were interested in the story and they started coming along for the trip. And now they're like fully on the trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, no, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, and that's one of the reasons I, I, I wanted this podcast too, because I think, and I talked about this in one of the episodes previous is like, people want to why people know we should protect the outdoors. We should protect this and that. Um, climate change, but they want their own personal intrinsic, like why I should do that. And so you're providing somebody a why you're providing and then a a means to do it too with the APT. Um, So it doesn't seem so like, how do I go about working on conservation? What do I do? The APT has now become a means to um, find this why and, and to provide it. You know, and it's, yeah, and it's been such a pleasure for me to be able to participate in this. But I mean, if people want to hear about how I got shot at in Texas, we can talk about that. I would like to uh, hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked about it in a while. I went into, okay, I'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. I went into, and it, it wasn't the only gun I had pulled on me during this trek. Um, uh, the thing is, if you, um, journeying off of the Triple Crown or onto these other places, you're going to have some conflict. <laughs> and I am working very hard right now to eliminate that because there's communities that want us to bring the APT to them. And, but then on my personal experience, I'm like, uh, I was detained there. Oh, dang. I really okay. don't want to bring the trail to a place that I was treated that way. I was, no, detained, yeah. I was detained 28 times on this trek. Okay. So um, part of my work, like going forward is, do I call those police departments? Do I call them and stuff and be like, Hey, we want to bring the trail near there. But if you guys are going to act this way, then, you know, your community wants it, but if backpackers are going to be harassed in these places, it's, it's not going to happen. And, yeah. and the thing is like, everyone's pretty receptive around that, you know, police officers and stuff that I've talked with, everyone's like pretty receptive around it. But, um, 
you know, there's been some misunderstandings that have happened there. And it wasn't like, I'm not like pointing the finger or saying anyone wants to blame, but basically like they would see me in certain places. So I'm like walking into this town to resupply. And it's not like one of the major trails where they see a backpacker and they see them all summer long, all summer, every day, all day, there's backpackers coming and going. They just see me and they're like, who's this homeless guy who wants to like, I don't know, steal our dogs and children and run away with our women or like Panama Reds coming to town or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's been some misunderstanding there. So I, you know, I had some of that in different places around the country and I don't like, you know, it's not personal. It's just that that's what happened. And so I was in Texas and I, I was, um, I got to, I often don't treat myself. Okay. So like, I don't ever eat out. I'm a very frugal backpacker, you know, and the fact of being like a professional backpacker means that none of it's my money. It all comes from sponsors and contributions. So I'm responsible with that. You know, I don't go and get hotels and whatever, you know, I'm like trying to be responsible for that. But this particular evening, I was like, I really need dinner. (laughs) So I go into this restaurant (laughs) and uh, I talk with this lady and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, can I camp here? Because it's like in the middle of nowhere, you know, but it's all private land. So I'm like, can I camp out back? She's like, absolutely. And I'm like, great. So what happens now? And she's like, why don't you go get cleaned up, go set up your camp, do whatever. And we'll have dinner for you in here when you come back. And I'm like, that sounds great. So I go outside. I set up my tent I'm just setting up camp <laughs> and I'm pretty much done. The tent's up, everything's done. I'm pretty much basically ready to head into the restaurant to get dinner at this point. <laughs> and here is shot. Right over my shoulder, two of them. Oh, wow. Pop. Yeah. And I go, without even turning around, I put my hands up in the air because I knew what it was. Yeah. I mean, I know what a gun sounds like. So, like, I can determine between a rifle or a shotgun or whatever, you know, if you've been around that stuff. And so I put my hands up in the air and I'm just like, whoa. And I'm turning around slowly. Like, hey, I have no idea what's behind me. I don't know if there's like, I don't know if it's a dude. I don't know if it's a woman. I don't know. All I know is that there were some shots that just came over my shoulder and I'm in a bad spot. So like turn around slowly and this gentleman's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I, for the next couple of minutes, you're the one with the gun. I'm not doing anything. I'm just standing here being pissed off right now. And, uh, so I think it was, um, so basically the lady who I spoke with in the restaurant, I think they were the owners and she was like, yeah, you can go camp out back or whatever, but she didn't tell her husband. Oh, he didn't get the information. So he just saw someone out back there and started popping off shots. I mean, it seemed to make sense to him. So then I was like, you know, I was hungry. I wanted dinner. I didn't have any supplies. That's why I was stopping to get dinner in the first place. And I was just like, hey, man, I was told to camp here. And he's like, nobody told me. 
And I'm like, yeah, I <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And I, and I just packed up my stuff and left. You know, I just went hungry the next day or whatever. Cause I was just like, I can't. Yeah, no, I, how do you do it? What do I, what do I do now? I just like try to explain myself to this guy or whatever. I'm sure him and his wife probably got into an altercation after I left because he probably was like, why did you tell that guy or what happened? You know? Yeah. It's probably what happened. But um, so I had like situations like that around the United States. There was a guy who chased me with a stick in West Virginia. Um, <laughs> some, you know, it's like, I'm just a because you're on his property. A, no, no, because, because he just, uh, there was a trail that went through the back of his property. That was public land in the forest. And he saw me walking through there and he got scared. And this was right when the pandemic had started. And so his words to me um, were basically like, this is what he told me. And I, I don't think you mind a little bit of profanity. Oh, no. I'm not going to be racy here, but yeah. he was just basically like, I didn't know what was going on because I was out there when the pandemic happened. So I was not in the news cycle. So like, as you guys are getting updated and what's going on and stuff, I wasn't. So I would call Layla every once in a while. Who's our, you know, um, um, uh, she's our vice president. Yeah. I would call her and be like, what is going on? Because it was just happening so fast, you know, and I didn't know. And this guy, he just tells me, he's like, man, I don't know if you've heard, but there's some crazy shit going on down in the world right now. You need to be careful out here. I'm like, yeah, okay. Why don't you put on a shirt (laughs) and put the stick down? Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) like you're contributing to that. (laughs) Yeah. And he did. I mean, we were fine, but it was like, I mean, we had a moment there. It got pretty intense. Got pretty intense for a second. So you know, I met all kinds. I met all kinds of people. I was happy to meet all kinds of people. You know, I signed up for the whole thing. Like I wasn't expecting anything really. I mean, it's yeah. an adventure. It's an adventure. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, so. So did, did you finish the trip? Like, have you completed the entirety of the, um, of what's going to be the APT? Um, so what I have done will not be the APT. Okay. Um, because the part of the process is like, it's just going to change every year. Sure. So, so, and I didn't get it right. Um, I got it right in some places and in other places I did. Like I'll give you an example, New Mexico. I did not get it right. I followed like, I mostly followed like the border there and it's not good. It's stressful. Um, it's like a militarized zone. It's not good. And I didn't know that. And that's why I've done this. And that's part of the APT is like going out and scouting and seeing these places. So like so the, the border of Mexico and New Mexico, that, that's what you're originally following. Right. And I'm going to okay. have to go further north because it's Got just it. not, a, it's not fun. It's, yeah. it's stressful. There's just a lot going on down there. And so that's going to come a little bit further north. Not much, you know, just the other side of the highway. Um, let me see. Another example of that would be like, okay, so I walked through Death Valley. Yeah. And I had a lot of people like contact me and ask me about my route there. 
And I've been unwilling to share it because it's honestly, it's too dangerous. So, you know, if you want to go through like Death Valley or figure that out on your own, um, good luck. But I'm not going to participate because it's really super dangerous. So, so the APT went up through the, through Death Valley. It won't. Yeah. Like the final product or whatever is not going to go up there because it's, it's just too dangerous. It's too dangerous. It's going to go, it's going to go further south. Like, and so just, like water know. just having, yeah. okay. Yeah. Just water. I mean, what happened there was like, <clears throat> I'm carrying a lot of water. So, I mean, I think probably when I threw hiked the Appalachian trail, I don't know if I ever carried more than a liter mm-hmm. at a time, but the APT, like in some places you're carrying like three or four gallons of water. That's heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's a real deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when I was in Death Valley, I was carrying a lot of water. And I um, was cowboy camping. And I heard something. And I kind of like woke up. It's the middle of the night. Kind of wake up. Like, what was that? Like, huh? What's going on here? And um, it was a fox. And it had come and I had my water like with me because if something happens to that water, I'm a dead man. Yeah. You know, I'm a dead person. So like I'm sleeping, like guarding my water because I, like I said, I will be dead. Like I'm not going to survive this. And that Fox came up and my platypus and I have like one of those bite valves, you know, like two bite valves, camel back, whatever. My platypus, it comes up and it pulls it away from me while I'm sleeping. And I didn't wake up until it was like walking away with it. And I kind of woke up. I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't sure. And I'm like looking for my headlamp. You know, I'm like fishing around for my headlamp or something. I get my headlamp. And you can hear the noise back behind me. I go and turn on the headlamp and look back towards it. And I swear to God, this fox is drinking out of the bite valve. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's how platypus became a sponsor (laughs) because we posted online that this happened and they were like, Oh man, can we like provide, you know, stuff for you? And I was like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you can. That's great. (laughs) And, and so like around the bite valve, it was all chewed off. This thing was just like munching on it, but it, it somehow knew that was water took it from my person while I'm sleeping and then was drinking off of the hose. I mean, now it's kind of funny. It wasn't really funny. At the time. Oh no, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cause a bunch of the water leaked out. It bit through a bunch. So I lost a bunch of water. So the next day was not fun. I mean, the next day was like, it was pretty bad situation. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I, these kinds of experiences happen. I mean, it's like people will be like, what happened on the APT? It's like, what didn't happen? <laughs> you know? Cause I, like I've told you, I, I'm a triple crowner. So I'd already had that experience. Yeah. So when I started the APT because of me and my um, arrogance and uh, egotism, I had believed since not just the triple crown, but I've done a lot of backpacking besides that. Okay. So I had so much experience backpacking and doing things that I pretty much figured that like I had 
been through most of it, seen all of it. Like there couldn't be a situation that would come up that I hadn't already been involved with or had happened. And I was, and like some people call these yets. It's like, that hasn't happened yet. Okay. Yeah. So these yets, like I got on APT and it was like not very long where like these things that had never come up during my whole entire backpacking career, like started happening. I was just like, wow, this is a different, this is a very different kind of process. And this is a very different um, experience. And it's what I signed up for. But honestly, I thought like backpacking is backpacking. You know, um, sometimes it's like higher elevation. Sometimes it's lower elevation, what have you. But I kind of like know what I'm doing. And then I got on the APT and it was a whole different. I mean, it's just like I would say even an example of um, I left in 2019, July of 2019 from Mm -hmm. Oregon. And so then that winter, I walked the whole way through that winter. So November, December, January, February, we're talking like five hours of night hiking every day. You know, an hour of night hiking in the morning when you wake up because it's dark and then like four hours or so at night. So like I never had to do that on the Triple Crown. I'm not saying I'd never night hiked. Yeah. But I didn't do it for four or five hours every single day by myself. <laughs> it's that's scary by yourself. Yeah. I mean, it was different. Like, I mean, yeah. it was never really that much of a problem. I mean, I had some weird encounters with people, some weird animal encounters, but um, you know, I had to pack up one night and leave camp because a mountain lion would just kept stalking me and refused to like go away. I was like trying to tell it like, get out of here. Nobody wants you here. Nobody likes you. (laughs) (laughs) You and your feline self get out of here. And it just, it it, it refused. It just kept on like kept on trying to make contact and stuff. So I had to like pack up and just leave that situation. So there was stuff like that, but um, I think like, some of the experiences with APT, honestly, it's not, it's been like interesting for me to talk about it and it doesn't necessarily like relate to some other people's experience. So they get like, a, it can be a little bit confusing because they're like, wait, what happened? Or wait, you did walk through Texas or, you know, some of that stuff we're talking about. So, um, well, well, how do you go about route finding? I mean, like, so how do you, what's, what do you they, do when you're trying to figure out what route to take? Just looking for public lands or what are you doing? Day to day. Day to day. Yeah. You know, people ask me, how long did you plan this out? I didn't plan anything. <laughs> I did. Yeah. There was, there was a nonprofit that was helping me at the very beginning, raise some money for this project. I'm no longer associated with them or whatever, but in the beginning they were there. And, uh, you know, this lady, um, you know, like, a a person I knew here in Bend, Oregon, she started creating this website for me and this track and this project. Cause at that point in time, it was called the project. It wasn't the conference. It was the American perimeter trail project. Okay. Um, and 
you know, um, yeah, I mean, she started creating that. And I mean, she said, uh, Rue, we need to put like something on the website, like a map of this. And I drew something on a, on a napkin and took a shot of it and sent it to her. Yeah. That was the original APT. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was not very well. I mean, I, people give me too much credit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm very organized now and I'm like doing things in a specific way because I've kind of like found out how to do this mission, but I didn't plan anything. I mean, I had, I think when I left I, in 2019, I had like $400. I, um, my backpacking gear was over 125 years old when you added it all up. My backpack, the strap was cut. So I had that sewn together with some stitching and some duct tape around it. Wow. Like that's where we started from. Now I don't yeah. pay for any of that stuff anymore. I just get like, you know, the gear sponsors to send me the stuff and I don't really promote them. I just use their stuff. And like, that's the agreement that we have. But I mean, if you would have seen, I mean, the backpack that I started with must have had, I don't know, 6,000 miles on it and was like 15 years old. Wow. It was totally, it was destroyed. I mean, it was completely destroyed. And so all of my stuff was like that. And so I don't like where that is like a badge of honor, but I think it's like important that I point that out because I want to inspire people to go out and to, they don't have to go in the back country. I, I don't know what they're going to do in their life, whatever it is that, that inspires them to let them know that like, there are like a lot of things that may seem limiting, but if you can get past the anxiety and the stress of that limiting stuff, you can do some pretty amazing stuff here in the world. And so you kind of like stop making excuses for yourself. And it's kind of like, I think after 10 years of um, having already conceived of this and it was finally time to go, I think I just, as a person, I think I just kind of stopped making excuses for myself, you know, and it hasn't been easy and it hasn't been fun all the time. But for me, it's like, I had this friend years ago and she used to say this to me. She said, um, Rue, I think you're one of those people where it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. And I, I think the first time she told me that I did not understand what she was talking about, but the APT process has been like that. It, and, and for me, like I do things in my life that aren't necessarily fun, but it's my own sick version of of fun, <laughs> you know? So like, um, so the APT has very much been that way. It hasn't always been fun, but it's always been fun. You know, I'd rather be in the process. I'd rather be in the game. You know, I'd rather be in it, doing it. And that means hypothermia. That means sickness. That means like being away from loved ones. It means a lot of stuff like sacrifices in there, but it doesn't necessarily have to be fun to be fun. Yeah. And the, and the APT has not been fun <laughs> at times. 
Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. It has not been fun. And other times it has been. But your definition of what fun is and what that looks like for you, that's a personal decision. So it's like, it's not really that sexy. Um, my day to day out there is not very charming. It's not very sexy. It, it wouldn't make like uh, backpacker magazine, glossy photos, REI, whatever, you know, like it doesn't make the advertisement because it's not that unless I want to pretend like it's that it, it's not the situation. It's a lot of time, like being really hard on your body and um, being really hard on yourself at times. And that is what I signed up for. Uh, and so I've just gone through it and I, um, uh, it, that's been very different from the triple crown. You know, the APT has been like, I don't think I was, I don't think I remember a day during the triple crown when I was on the Appalachian trail, this would have been like 20 years ago mm -hmm. where I was like, you know, I don't mm, I had some stuff going on back home, some personal stuff um, that was out of my hands. And I was like, you know, I don't really want to do this. Like, I don't really want to be out here alone. Like, this isn't fun. And I ended up complete. I ended up continuing on with my through hike and finishing it. But I had like a day or two in there where I was just like, I'm not into this anymore. I don't like this. That's probably the only time that happened during the entire Triple Crown, okay? On the APT, it happened all the time. <laughs> where I would just be like, I don't really know that I want to be out here today. Like, I just need a vacation for my vacation. <laughs> well, what, what keeps you hiking, though? Like, why, what keeps you out there, then? Because ultimately, you stayed out there. So what, what keeps you out there? Because it's a learning process for me. Mm-hmm. It's part of my learning process while I'm here on this planet. I don't know why. I'm not exactly sure. Um, you know, for me, it's like I wanted to have a family. Like I wanted to get married. Like I wanted all that stuff to happen. It never happened for me. Okay. That would have probably been a huge learning process for me to be like in a relationship, you know, a long-term committed relationship, having kids or dependents. I that would be a huge experience. I didn't have that. And this, for some reason in this lifetime, it's just not happening for me. So this has been the growth happening experience. APT, it's not, listen, it's not having kids. It's not the same thing or whatever. But for me, yeah, this is like been my learning experience. So instead of like trying to, you know, I, I've tried to get away from it, but for some reason, it's just like, it's, I don't think it's in the stars, but it's just, this is the way that it's going to happen for me this lifetime. So that kind of process about like learning, stretching, growing, you know, the, I, okay. The APT has been the biggest most amazing educational experience of my life period okay i mean i even have days where i'm like man i i'm still you know i still have like college debt where i'm like 
why did I even bother? I mean, not bother, but the biggest educational experience with me has not been like going to college or having a job here. It's been the APT because the APT is not like, it doesn't end with just me hiking. That's a very, the hiking piece of it is a very small piece of this. So like when people look at me and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, it's hiking. The APT, the responsibility, the responsibilities I have and like stuff around it, this goes on all the time. Like when I'm off trail, I'm not off work. <laughs> In fact, when I'm off trail, I'm actually able to do more work with ABT when I'm actually on it. So it's just been, you know, such a pleasure and the biggest education piece of my entire life. And so, you know, I wouldn't miss it. And I knew that, you know, I kind of, I, some of these things I kind of intuitively knew some of it and, um, and I've changed, you know, I didn't think people changed. I just like basically didn't think that people ever changed in their lifetime. We're all like, you know, I'm very predictable. Um, Everybody I know is very predictable. They all do the same thing all the time. Like, and so then, you know, most of us never really change or like get pushed into a place where maybe we have to, you know, and I've just realized for better or for worse, you know, I am not the same person who started this trek in July of 2019. And like I said, for better or for worse, I'm not saying I'm better. Yeah. But it has not, it's forced me into a place of just the same old, you know, it's just forced me into this place where it's had me take a really hard look at myself, a really hard look at the relationships I have in my life, a really hard look at the world. Um. These are the kind of things that like, again, it's not necessarily fun, but it's what I signed up for. I don't even know when I signed. I don't remember signing the contract. (laughs) I seriously don't, but someone did. Um, So this is what I signed up for. And it's just been, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's a ride. It's a heck of a ride. And I don't like it every day. Some days I love it and some days I hate it, but it's a, it's a total ride. So I wanted to get on the ride. So here I am. <laughs> well, would you have considered yourself a professional backpacker before the APT? Or like, how did you become a professional backpacker? Is that something you just like hiked into or what, like they're re- like really hiked into or just like that's something that you had a goal to do? That's a, re- that's a really good question. Cause I normally don't talk about this or like, I don't think I've had many people ask me that question. It's been more like, um, there's been other backpackers that just have like contacted me and been like, what makes you a professional backpacker? You're not special. <laughs> and, and the only thing like for me, the, um, the criteria is very simple. If you backpack for a living and that's how you make your living, then you're a professional backpacker. There's only a couple of us on the planet. Yeah. There's not, there's not many of us. There's probably five of us. I don't know. Like some of us write books. 
And then we have like a bestseller or something. So then that's how we made our living. Some of us are guides. So we have like a guiding service. You know, it's kind of a mixed bag, but it basically all, it's really simple. It's, I don't, it's not complicated. The professional piece like kind of confuses people. Like if I was a mechanic, and I was like, I'm a professional mechanic. <laughs> you probably wouldn't be like, you might be like, what, what does that mean? It's just, all it means is I wake up in the morning and that's what I do for a living. So with the backpacking piece, that's it. Like I haven't had a job. Um, I haven't had a real job in years. Um, Cause I do this and it's not lost on me and I'm not being arrogant about that. I'm very poor. So let's not be confused um, about that. Um, but all it means is that as long as I continue to hike, then I continue to get like, I don't even want to call it a paycheck, but you know what I mean? I make a living. Yeah. So that's it. If, if you can figure out a way to do anything that supports you, then you're kind of like a professional at it. It doesn't mean I'm the best or the worst or anything. It just means it's how I make my living. Yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> Is that something that you you knew you wanted to do or you were just out like through hiking and it just kind of came to you, like the, this, the opportunity presented itself? You just um, didn't stop hiking. It's been more of like a means to an end, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, because I wanted to create the APT. Yeah. And... I just, I mean, I didn't have the resources to do that. It's going to take a village. I mean, it's going to take a community people to do that. So like, you know, I I didn't have 25 grand or 30 grand sitting in the bank Mm -hmm. with all these, like all this gear and stuff. I mean, it's a big joke for me because I see all these people like online that are like, look at my gear cave. And they'll like take you in and there's like all these backpacks and climbing gear and all this stuff. It's like, I did that once. I'm like, here, look at my gear cave. And it was a backpack (laughs) with a sleeping bag. Yeah. It's like, look at me, you know? Um, So um, it's just like uh, the professional piece of it. You know, I mention it. It just means that I make a living doing this. Um, My real life's work is is with the um conference okay i don't think i'll have an interest in long distance backpacking for the rest of my life maybe i will i mean it's come to this at this point but like i don't know maybe that's going to be part of my story i'm not exactly sure what that looks like for me i think i'll probably be a two-time pct -er this summer nice you know the appalachian trail i'm probably a close to a two time, you know, this sort of stuff, but I don't know, like going forward, how much I'm going to want to participate in that way, because it's just like, it's a beautiful way to live and it's a nice way to live, but it's not, I never, I mean, I haven't had a girlfriend in 10 years, you know, I mean, my personal relationships are very difficult. Friendships, everything because of this kind of lifestyle it's not it's a pretty lonely world Mm -hmm. and so you know i like i said i don't know how much more long distance backpacking i'll do i'll probably do two thousand miles this summer 
is my guess. Um, but my real work, like my life's work going forward is with the conference. Like that's what really is kind of driving me at this point. So, you know, it's just kind of, um, I felt I, I have felt this before, and you know, Scott, it's like you're you have your talents, okay? Like you can do interviews, you're here on the podcast, you're doing that in life, right? And I have my talents, and what I have found for myself is that if you have a talent that you've kind of recognized and you're not using it out here in the world, there is a kind of like suffering that comes with that because you know your capacity or what you're capable of, but you aren't like living the dream, basically. So I never felt like I even really had a choice. Yeah. It's like, it was something that I was good at and then it had to manifest in the world or it was just gonna make me uh, an unhappy person. So when you're, there's a responsibility that comes with having gifts. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, you know, that's why I'm saying with you doing the interviews right now, it's like, you have a, a gift for this. And so if it doesn't come out into the world, then for the individual, it can be difficult because you always know, like in the back of your mind, like I could be doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just, you know, I always knew that I was going to do something in my life that was going to be bigger than myself that I was hoping was going to be helpful and beneficial to people in the world and trying to leave this, like I said earlier, like trying to leave this world better than myself. So it's basically like, well, what talents do you have? So then you identify them. Can you, can you play a little guitar? You know, if you can, well then use that for good in the world. Can you backpack for, you know, some miles? Okay. Well, do that and use it as something beneficial in this world before you get out of here. You know, I was blessed. I mean, I broke, I broke my ankle, my leg and my foot and stuff years ago. It's all screwed together. I thought I was done. I never thought I would backpack again. I limped for like a year. You know, I had to use a cane and stuff. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. I did not think this was going to happen for me. And then like I healed up well enough and it's still screwed together and it does just fine. And so then it was like, I don't take this stuff for granted, you know? Um, and it's, to me, it's something positive. I mean, I would say probably last March, April, May, not last, I'm sorry, 2019 or I'm sorry, 2020 like March, April, May or whatever, just like super negativity mm -hmm. in the press and just in the world and like politically and all this stuff, you know? And I just, you know, I was out there sometimes being like, why am I trying to do something positive in the world? No one else seems to care. They all seem like they want to separate and fight with each other. But, you know, like, that's not true, first of all. And second of all, it's like, I just, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be here on this planet, but I wanted to do something positive before I kick out of here. 
and this has been the expression. And that's it. It's really very simple for me. You know, it's just how do you want to be in this world? You know, I'm I'm not like I'm I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't count on me to represent anything. I mean, I'm not like a poster child for freaking anything. I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude doing the best you can out here and wants to do something positive before I check out, you know, and there's been a lot of people that have come on, you know, and, and have wanted, they have felt the same as me. And so we found each other. You well, know, I definitely think you're, uh, do, sorry, keep going. I apologize about that. No, I was just saying they, you know, they wanted to do something positive in their life. They want to be a part of something bigger a community or something bigger than themselves. Here we are. APT. How cool. APT. Well, yeah. I definitely think you and the organization itself, you guys are inspiration um, to many people. Um, and I wonder who inspires you? What inspires oh. you? Oh, um, I see them everywhere, Scott. You know? I see a single mother who's doing her best to get by, maybe doesn't have reliable transportation, you know, raising kids, just out there in the daily grind. Those are my kind of heroes. You know, I mean, I'll mention Martin Luther King and Gandhi. What? And, and that's true. The Buddha, you know, these are real heroes to me. But then there's also that part of just the normal person who's stuck in the grind from day to day. They're not cowards. They wake every day with bravery. You know, I see that in the world. I don't care about famous people. I don't care about people that want to tell us how interesting or amazing they are. You know, I see people doing very normal. And I'm going to use that word. I, I'm not exactly sure how else to say this. I see people doing very normal stuff all the time. And I admire that. You know, I absolutely admire that. You know, getting up and getting the kids on the school bus in the morning, this sort of stuff. To me, that's exceptional. Like an APT, I don't know. If I was actually listening to myself, like some other guy here talking about him hiking the APT or whatever, I'd probably get bored. <laughs> you know, I probably would be. I'm not that interesting. People do miraculous, amazing things in their everyday life, every day. And I esteem to be like that, you know? Um, uh, I, you know, who do I look up to as far as backpackers? They came into my life. I'm so blessed. You know, my birthday is like in another week or so. Um, last year on my birthday, 
Nimblewell Nomad called me on the phone, who's a backpacker. Yeah. And we're like really good friends. We talk all the time now. I'm so blessed for that. Bill Grimali, who's like an unknown, he walked, he did a perimeter like hike himself. It was, it was front country. It wasn't like back country stuff. Mm-hmm. But him and his wife back in 1975, <laughs> he called me the other day on the phone. And I'm like, this is great. You know, I, 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 you know, I don't worship these people, but I think it's neat that like we found each other, you know? And I, like, I get to be in the company of these people and, 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 you know, I look up to them and I hopefully like, you know, I, You know, hopefully that kind of recognition, you know, backpacking has really changed over the last, whatever, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can only imagine. And I told Layla, like the VP, you know, I told her, I talked with her before we hopped on here. I'm like, I'm just going to try to not say anything stupid, you know. Um, but it's become like very materialistic. It w- I don't remember it being that way when I started. In fact, we were like more students of like Ray Jardine, Colin mm-hmm. Fletcher. Um, I used to make all of my own gear, tents, clothes, all that stuff. Not because I'm special, but because we were like, screw you. You know, there was part of it that was like a fun process of like learning how to sew and make stuff. Like, this is cool. And then you can make stuff for your friends or like your friend needs a sleeping bag. You can sew them one, you know, like it's cool. But then there was the other part of it that was like, screw you corporate America, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I've never really like, I still am kind of that way. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little edgy, like in that area. So um, well, it's, it's true. I like that. And, and you're not trying to play that role you can tell it's that's just who you are i'm not and if if there's a gear sponsor that comes on i tell them straight up they know what the deal is coming in if they don't like it then they don't have to i'm not going to promote them i don't care they're selling stuff good for them have fun if they want to give money to conservation then we can start having a conversation but other than that i don't it's just that's their business. I'm not in that business. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I get criticized a lot because I don't talk about gear. You know, I and I know about gear because I used to make all of my own. Mm-hmm. So, like when I look at a piece of gear or something sent to me or whatever, I can see the stitching. Like, you know, I can kind of dissect that and pull it apart in my mind. Um. But I, you know, I don't talk about it a lot. And, you know, people are like, why don't you tell us about this or that or whatever? It's like, it's honestly, I don't care. Yeah. You know, it's, it, 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 so what? Like, I hate to be that way. I'm not above it. But it's just like, it's just stuff. And all of it pretty much works the same None of it's really that much better than anything else. I mean, 
if you're going mountaineering in the Himalayas, then maybe we need to talk a little bit more. <laughs> if you're just going out backpacking and stuff, you know, put on something that keeps you warm. Shears off the rain if it's raining. Yeah. Have, have something that you can set up that you can sleep under and be dry and be warm. You know, just do that. Well, it seems like gear is becoming a, more of a barrier to entry than something that actually helps you to perform or whatever. You know, like you're saying, you only need the simple, you only need the stuff that's going to get you by. But yeah. people look, look at it and think that's some sort of barrier to entry. I can't afford this or this. Right. So how do right. I get out there? Right. Right. You know, and I'm like, like I said, when I started the APT, my gear was 125 years old. If you add it up. Yeah. You know, and it worked just fine. It was okay. It was all right. And so, you know, we get to talk about these kinds of things. Like what are the barriers to the outside world? You know, yeah. What are they? Are are they are they some like, you know, like what we were talking about with gear and the money and I think I think for some people they think that is. I think it also like what seems like that you keep bringing up is life. And the Buddha said that too. But life is suffering, and so are you willing to go through the suffering and go through the time? It's not glamorous backpacking, but are you willing to just do that to find yourself? And, you know, I didn't find myself out there. Mm-hmm. You know, what I found was seeing myself in other people. Interesting. I never really found myself. Yeah. So now, so now when I look into your eyes or look into the eyes of another person, That to me is God. Yeah. You know, that's where I see God. He's in the eyes of a child. An old man dying from cancer. You know, that's where I see this. So, you know, so I don't know if I learned anything about me. Yeah. I mean, I told you before that I changed. I have changed. It hasn't been fun. It's not cool because if you were in a relationship with people for like 10, 20 years and they knew you and then you changed, they don't necessarily like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, change is good. It's like, uh, no, change is just change. It's not, it may not be, you might be unrecognizable. And what happened with me during this process is like I have like one of my big things that I that I uh, I still do, um, but I don't do as much now. But I definitely did before. Was like um, was always a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. You know, it served me well. I mean, people always liked me. It was always popular, but it's kind of soulless, you know. So. One of the things about like just being out there alone for that amount of time and stuff is like, you have to, you have to be with yourself so much 
that you're either going to start hating yourself or you're going to start loving yourself. You're going to have to figure something out or maybe it's nuance somewhere in between. You know, what I found out why I was out there was that not that I matter, like I'm important, but that like, I, I'm a person who can like say things and have an opinion. Like I never had opinions before. I mean, I had opinions, but like, I never believed them. I still don't believe them. Mm-hmm. I think they're mostly horseshit. <laughs> but every once in a while now, I'll like indulge myself. Be like, you know, you're a person. You're allowed to feel this way. Think this way. You know, um, the people pleasing thing. It's like, I think probably if you spend like a couple of years by yourself, there's no one to please. So it starts to highlight some of these things in your life. And, you know, it, like I said, that hasn't necessarily been fun because I've, you know, I'm, I'm losing a dear friend even as we speak right now. Cause they're just like, I don't know this person anymore. And it's like, you're right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were such a nice guy. What happened? It's like, I got real. Yeah. I got real. It happened. It's not going to be fun for you. It's not going to be fun for me. But it's more truthful. I mentioned this in a podcast, probably three podcasts after this is posted. But like, in a way, the trail seems to me sometimes to be like the end of the world end of the Lord of the Rings where you have Sam who's content afterwards. And then you have Frodo who just has changed for better or for worse. Um, and I feel like a lot of times that's how, how things are. And sometimes you can be Sam and sometimes you can be Frodo. It's not like you're either one or the other, but mm-hmm. at some point in the journey, I feel like we all come to that, that crossroads or either Sam or, or Frodo. And right now it seems like maybe you're similar to Frodo. I could, I could be wrong. I mean, I guess what I would say is there's a reckoning of sorts, you know, in our lifetime, we're going to see it. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't think we're going to war with Russia today, but maybe we are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a challenging place out there. And so I guess like maybe I was like, I think one of the things that I probably struggle with is like self-reliance and disbelief in that, which mm-hmm. isn't really true. You know, like humans are not meant. I could be wrong, but does not appear like we're meant to be alone. Or degree. And be in a vacuum. And the backpacking um, for me would probably sound very strange. Like, for instance, if you ask someone on the Pacific Crest Trail, maybe the Appalachian Trail or something, they'll be like, it was the biggest social time of my life. I met so many people. There were so many backpackers. You know, you think you're going out there to find yourself 
where they're going to be alone. And it turns out like, I mean, my normal day to day, I'm not around any people, Mm -hmm. but I could go out on one of those trails and I'm just like, Oh, it's, I'm a solo backpacker. Like, come on. No, there's people all over the place. And the APT, like, really, um, because of the situation and because of the pandemic, just forced me to, um, didn't force me, but I mean, it was just like a situation where I was just pretty much alone. Yeah. Um, for a long time. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know what comes of that. And I, I don't, exactly no like i'm so processing all this yeah okay so i will okay so you asked a question earlier that i didn't really answer um i was this summer within four days of technically closing the loop so that's the entire yeah thing um i became very ill and i had to return to my home in bend oregon so I will, even though it's like technically four days, I close the loop. I'll be back out there for a while because I have a bunch of work to do. So it's yeah. like, I'm not just going to hype those four days and then stop. I'll be out there for a month or two or whatever this, <laughs> this summer. Um, but I, you know, that's kind of like, you know, I, I've been okay with it. I don't think I was at the time. I think it was pretty devastating. Mm-hmm. You know, to come that close. That's close. <laughs> it's pretty close. Because I was out there for like 600 days. So four oh days. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah. like four days is like, what? But um, that's how it's worked out. And I think like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's for the better. I have no idea. But this um, summer, I'll finish it. And I mean, I'm just going to be straight up with you. We're going to use that. And when I say we, again, I'm talking about the conference. We're going to try to use this accomplishment as much as we can. I don't like that because I don't like the attention and that sort of thing. But we will do whatever we can because this is how we're going to progress our work Mm -hmm. that we're doing here. So It's a huge accomplishment, by the way. So congratulations, I mean, I know it's not yet finished, but congratulations. And I, I know you don't like the attention, but I, it's a huge accomplishment. You should be proud or, and happy. At least, you know, it's helping the organization out. I mean, I think, like I said, it's for me, it's really, I'm more into the work yeah. piece of it. Like the notoriety, I don't, it doesn't even land anywhere. I don't really have a space for that. Like if people give me compliments or whatever, I, it, it doesn't, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd like that to be different. Maybe this is one of the things that I'm learning during this process, but it's like normally it doesn't really even have a place to land. So I'm just like more interested in like how can I touch people's lives and like affect that in some sort of positive way, you know, because um you know it's like I just, you know, I'm a weird dude. Okay. <laughs> Let's just be straight up. Okay. So, you know, like I had backpacked with, I don't know how many people over the years and they never even knew I was a triple crowner. So we would go out for a week or two or three, whatever. They tell me about every single hiking trip they've ever been on in their entire life. 
And I would just kind of conveniently leave out the fact that I'm a triple crown. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a weird dude. I'm, I'm just, you know, so having to like come out of my shell and be more public has been a, you know, again, I told you the APT has been the biggest education in my life in so many ways. It's taught me about hate. It's taught me about love. It's taught me about um, economics. It's told me, it's taught me how to run a board and be uh, physically responsible to that. Um, it's just taught me so much. And yet, and every day it's like, I'm just learning more. And I think I'll learn more this spring and, and this summer. And, uh, um, you know, I would just, I don't know if you're out there and you're listening to this. I talked earlier about if you have gifts or maybe you have a notion about a dream of yours, man, just go for it. Unless it's going to ruin your life, which it might, it might, it may ruin your life. It might, but you know, like have at it, see what happens, man. We'll talk, we'll compare notes. <laughs> we'll talk later and compare notes, you know. Um, so, you know, in the expression of backpacking, like, I don't think it's, I'm not a purist about any of this. Like, I don't think, I think backpackers are probably going to change the world. Um, not in like a real purist way, mm -hmm. like that they're better than anyone else. But I think we're probably going to have, um, well, I'm hoping we're going to have some politicians and some people who are backpackers or maybe they don't define themselves that way, but they're kind of interested in that and, um, see what happens. I mean, I want to get a, I want to get a backpacker elected president of the United States. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I think you probably will. Like, I joke around with people about this. Yeah. But probably if I keep saying this and we keep saying this 10 years from now, maybe, you know, could be. It's like, oh, I'm going to be pretty rad. <laughs> <laughs> be pretty rad. So, but there's like, you know, um, we don't. The APT is not a political organization, but we do have to engage in that world, mm -hmm. you know, and we're still finding our way, like what that's going to look like for us and how we're going to do that. That's why I don't run my mouth about my personal opinions about many things because that's like, I need that political capital to be able to do the work that I'm doing. In the future. So I, that's why you won't hear me. Because people are always like, Rue, you never talk about anything like social justice. You don't talk about this or that. Um, and the reason I don't do that is because um, I have real work to do in this world besides running my mouth. I'm not an influencer. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in influencing other people. I, I really don't care. Um, Inspiring people, maybe, but influencing, I, you can think whatever you want. I don't really have any game and interest in your headspace. 
So, you know, I hope like what we're doing out here, it's, it's been very organic so far. I mean, we don't have, uh, large corporate donors. It's basically just been, you know, earlier when I was talking about like the lady putting kids on the bus in the morning, that's the APT. That's us. Nike's not writing out a $50,000 check. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not getting backed. Before I came on with you today, I didn't have to speak with someone about the talking points. Like, uh, I don't even know an example, but like, oh, let me slide in my tent that I use. Let me slide in my gear usage yeah. so I can get like a contact for my gear companies or whatever, you know, like there's none of that. It's totally organic. We're not influenced by anyone. It's just a group of individuals that really enjoy each other and have something in common. And it's really easy like that. I mean, some of us are, oh, this is the other thing I I wanted to say is like, we are not doing this for the long distance backpacker. If you're in the long distance backpacking, that's great. It's cool. Let's not, you know, often it gets like kind of confused. People are like, why don't we have maps and guidebooks and all this information? The APT, and it's like, because it's not really, you will. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) You will, but like, that's not really what we're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many people get on the AT every year? Like, what, a thousand or something? Maybe try to through hike it? Yeah, over that, I'm sure, but yeah. But you have like three million people who are on that trail every year. Mm -hmm. They're having picnics. They're walking the dog. They're with their kids. Some of them like just want to stop by the side of the road to get their picture taken with the Appalachian Trail sign. That's more who we are, honestly. The long distance backpacker, if someone wants to hike this, my hat is off to you. Have fun with it. But that's not like, I'm not trying to create America's next biggest through hike. Mm -hmm. It's this corridor that we're, doing and it's it's a lot harder <laughs> i wish it was just a through hike <laughs> yeah well i mean that's what, that's what gives the spirit of the trail though i mean that's what benton mckay was trying to when he formed the at he wasn't he wasn't forming it for through hikers he was trying to form little mini communities to that's right uh, yeah that's right oh so you so you're well so you're red yeah i, I uh yeah i okay. love yeah okay cool me too me too so i mean it was like really interesting his perspective or like what his intentions initially were with the Appalachian Trail. Um, and so we are like a little bit more in alignment with that because I actually want, you know, like we're back country in some areas and in some areas, not on like the North Country Trail. Um, I'm going to take it like we already are. We're taking it right into a town. Or something, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like this connection between these communities, which is like what Benton was kind of getting at. Now, yeah, it, it never really 
it, it was a weird deal because he had this concept and then anyways, but like um, Benton, you know, he was kind of onto this idea of connecting communities through the Appalachians and there may be being something to do with commerce or like it would be mutually beneficial to uh, local communities and stuff. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, I mean, we have this new, indu- I mean, Ben and I was trying to fight like the industrialization as like the, almost was like the enemy. And so we need a, almost a spiritual movement in a way too. And so I think we have this new industrialization of technology as far as social media. And you touched on before how backpacking is becoming very materialistic. And so I think we do need to get back to the roots of community. And that's what I feel like backpacking is about, the community behind it. Well, I think we're going to, I mean, there are places in this world that have had single track trails to connect this community to that community because they just, they lived in the mountains. And like, <laughs> that's just yeah. the way it was for thousands of years. Yeah. You know, and um, we are like, I'm, so I'm optimistic. Um, like, I don't think the next generation is lazy or disconnected or uninformed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. I think their need for connection is going to be very strong, especially after this pandemic. I mean, what did we see during the pandemic was like, there were places where they were like, oh my gosh, we, it's like the 4th of July here. You know, it would be a trailhead, an Appalachian Trail trailhead or someplace. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we have never you know, a state park, something like that. You have never seen this many people. It's because everyone's going out of their goddamn mind. (laughs) You know? So, like, hiking with this next generation is actually, like, a thing. Because they got locked inside for a year or two. And so then it was, like, these trailheads and stuff on the weekends or whatever were just, like, totally inundated because people were just wanting that connection with the outside and the outside. And to be a part of it. And so it's like with APT, we see that as an opportunity, but also as a problem. And so that's why we're like wanting to put more trail on the ground and just kind of, I mean, I don't want to say spread it out, but just give more of an opportunity for yeah. that. Um, because it's not, there's not going to be, I feel like that connection is becoming stronger and like people are more interested in that now than they ever have. Maybe in the 1970s, like there was a heyday of backpacking. Yeah. But since then, I mean, I think we're in it. And, uh, and these young people, I don't think they're like lazy or they just have to be on their phones all the time or whatever. I, I don't think that's, I, I don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I think they're starving more for that connection with each other and the outdoor places than, than ever before. Yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it. Okay. I, no, I, I agree. I think, I think we're aware of the disconnect now with, with nature because of all this. Um, but I know you've been talking for a while and so I, I want to respect your time and I do appreciate you coming on. I'm sure people are wondering how can they get on board? Like how can they reach out to the APT or see what's going on? That's great. So um, we are now a membership nonprofit. So 
there are many ways to contribute and participate with the APT. We work extensively to make sure that that happens. So we're always doing fundraisers. We're always like giving the opportunity for people to participate, especially like it doesn't mean you have to um, reach into your wallet because maybe you don't have that. I never have, you know, like most of the time, like my Christmas and birthday presents, most of the time I ask for my membership to be renewed to these other organizations, these other conservation organizations that I'm a member of. Like that's my number one thing on my list that I asked for. So, you know, we um, created like, we've created a new website and you can go on there and be a member. If you can pay $35 a year, you can be a member. And then we have a membership portal that you can actually go in and put up a profile like you would on Facebook or anything so that you can get to know these other APT people. And they're all over the place. They're in other countries, which I always like, <laughs> like that part because it's the American perimeter trail. But yeah. we, have, we have members that are not Americans that are in other countries. I, I love that. But, you know, I think we're probably representing over, I, I don't know if it's 25 states at this point in time and a bunch of states where the trail doesn't even go through. We have members like Colorado. We don't go through Colorado, but we have a bunch of members from Colorado. So it's just like, it's been really fun. So if you guys want to hop on to American Perimeter Trail, um, org, we'd love to have you on as a member. I tried to put it so like we could get sponsored if you didn't have the 35 bucks. Uh, the best I could do was um, if you want to pay six bucks every two months, you know, there's opportunities there. Um, just go there and find us. And there's a calendar and stuff. We do, we do um, happy hours where we just have like, everyone just hops online. We just talk for a couple. I saw hours. that. That's, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So I mean like, and that is um, whether or not it feels that way for you or not, that is a way to participate in this because the meeting of the, <laughs> minds, even if they be mushy minds, it's like a really good place to start. So, you know, we do that. Um, so, you know, check out our website, uh, see what's going on there. And like I said, if it's not like you don't have the money or whatever, and you want to participate, it's no problem. We're always coming up with new ways in which, um, people can do that. And so find us there. And uh, I look forward to getting to meet you. I've met so many cool people, Scott. You know? Yeah, well, you seem like one of those cool people as well. What, um, you know, I hate saying last words, but is there anything that you feel like you've wanted to share, haven't got a chance to, or anything that you want people to know? Yeah. This is what I want you to know. <laughs> um. I talked a little bit earlier about how like I handed this thing over. So it's not mine. It was never going to be mine. It could be. I have like app companies contacting me that want the map and want the information. 
want to give me money and stuff for this, but that's like, that's never where I was ever going with this. You know, this was always a we project. It's always been that way. It's not what I think or how I feel like this should be. It's a really neat community to be a part of. Um, and I don't take any credit for any of that. These are just like people all around the country that are coming together to participate in this way. And so um, I just um, wanted to say like, no one owns the APT. And I'm dedicated to that. That no one will ever own this. This is ours. And I think that like a bunch of the states and stuff are probably going to start taking pride in their actual trail. You know, like Texas, we're having a lot of buy in there. Because they don't have a long trail. Yeah. They don't have one. Like, if you live in um, California, then you have a long trail, or many, including the Pacific Crest Trail, which is like 1,700 miles. You live in Texas, you don't have one. So this is ours. I don't get to make the decisions here. You know, we get to make the decisions based on what locally is going to work for folks. So the APT will be the APT. It's the American Perimeter Trail. But in Texas, let's have it be the Texas Trail. You know, in Louisiana, it's the Louisiana Trail. Each one of us, hopefully, you know, will be able to contribute. Like, this is our part of the APT. You know, and that's the way I've always looked at it. And I, it feels really good. Um, people, it seems to be resonating with people. So, um, so that's all. I mean, it, it's not, um, if you want to join us and stuff, know that it seems like a long trail, but it starts at the local level. That's where it starts. Just one person doing what they can in their backyard. It's your backyard. We're taking it back. <laughs> you know what I mean we're, yeah. we're, we're, these natural beautiful wonderful spaces we're taking them back they're ours was it a birthright maybe maybe it's our birthright I don't know but we're taking it back <laughs> so let's do it <laughs> oh yeah well that gave me chills so that resonates with me as well great great okay well, you're not alone and I'm not alone either. Like a lot of us feel this way. Yeah. You know, a lot of us feel this way. So uh, let's do it. Oh, yeah. You know, I always say, I always say, let's build it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's build it. That's it. Let's build Easy. it. Let's build it. Yeah. Well, Ruth, thanks again for coming on. That was great. 